Perak Bey's Mishnah Dalid. We are very familiar at this point with the fact that the Rabbanan said on Purim, a person has a mitzvah to read Megillas Esther from a kosher cloth. However, the halacha is that it isn't necessary that the person literally read Megillas Esther himself. Rather, by hearing somebody read from a kosher Megillah, one can fulfill his obligation based on the principle of Shomea Ka'ona, which says that hearing words that one needs to recite counts as if the listener has himself recited the words. So when we have a person to read the Megillah for everybody in Shul, in the eyes of the Halach, it's as if every person in attendance himself read from the Megillah the actual reader is reading from. The Mishnah mentions some individuals who are not qualified to read the Megillah for others. The Mishnah states, HaKol Ksherin Likros Es HaMegillah all may read the Megillah for others to cause those listeners to fulfill their respective obligations. That is, uh, even women, even though normally women are exempt from time-bound mitzvahs. But in the case of this rabbinically enacted mitzvah of Mikra Megillah, the Rabbanan included women, She'af hayu ba'osa neis, for the women too were part of the Nesa Purim. For the decree that the evil Haman was able to obtain stated that all Jews Men, women, and children should be wiped out. And so through the Nesipurim, the women too were saved. Therefore, they too have a mitzvah of Megillah. Farsham discuss whether it means a man could fulfill his obligation from a woman's reading. Some say yes, but others say a woman could only cause another woman to fulfill her mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. In any case, the mission says, uh, all may read the Megillah for others. Chutz mecheresh shalta v'katan. Except for... First of all, Cherish is a deaf person. Now, most often when the Misha uses this term, it refers to a person who is both deaf and dumb, he can't speak or hear. That's obviously not what it means here. We're talking about a person who is physically reading the Megillah. Otherwise, the whole case is irrelevant. So obviously he has the power of speech, but his handicap is he can't hear. The Misha states that if such a deaf person read the Megillah for others, they wouldn't fulfill their obligation. That is because... A deaf person isn't obligated to read the Megillah since the definition of the mitzvah reading the Megillah is a person who reads the Megillah in a way that it's audible to himself. He has to be able to hear his reading, which is not the case, so therefore he has no mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. And it's a fundamental principle that a person can't be motzi others. He can't read whatever it is for others to fulfill their obligation unless that person himself, the reader, has an obligation to read this text. And next is a shota, person who is really mentally unwell to the point that he's not obligated in any of the mitzvahs. Therefore, you know, he's not obligated in Mikra Megillah, so clearly he can't cause others to fulfill their obligation by reading it. And finally, katan, a minor, is not obligated in the mitzvahs. Therefore, an adult can't fulfill his obligation of Mikra Megillah by hearing a minor read it. However, Rabbi Yehuda machshir bekatan. Abuda disagrees on this point. Abuda says that even a minor is qualified to read the Megillah for others that is for adults. Because although, biblically speaking, minors are exempt from the mitzvahs, there is a rabbinic mitzvah for minors once they reach the age of chinuch, say, you know, 9 or 10, that uh, rabbinically they should start practicing and performing the mitzvahs. Although this factor normally wouldn't be sufficient to enable a minor to cause an adult to fulfill his mitzvah. But here, Abuda argues it's good enough because the obligation of the adult himself is only rabbinic. 
For of course, the entire mitzvah Purim, Mikra Megillah, is from the Rabbanon. And thus, since both the minor and the adult have a mere rabbinic obligation to read the Megillah, a minor can in fact read the Megillah for an adult, and by the adult to hearing that recitation, we consider it as if the adult read it from that cloth, the adult fulfills his obligation. But the anonymous first of in Tadakama argues that no. Although it's true that in a general sense, the minor and adult's obligation to read the Megillah is the same in that they're both rabbinic obligations. However, there's still a crucial difference in that as regards the minor, it's a Durabanan on top of a Durabanan. First, you have the fact that altogether the mitzvah read the Megillah is rabbinic. But on top of that, the minor isn't obligated to do any mitzvah, not even a mitzvah Durabanan. It's just that the Rabbanan said that even though he's not really obligated, he should start doing the mitzvah to practice. So that's a lesser obligation than the adult's more direct obligation that you know, the Rabbanan said to the adults, you have to read the Megillah every year in Purim. So Tanakam argues it's not possible for an adult to fulfill his mitzvah of Mikra Megillah by hearing a minor's recitation of it. And the primary mitzvah of Mikra Megillah is the daytime reading, even though of course we also read it on Purim night. The Mishnah discusses the earliest time a person can fulfill his daytime Mikra Megillah obligation. And the Mishnah identifies this time along with a whole list of other mitzvahs that are specifically performed by day. And so essentially, the objective of this Mishnah is to define for us that when the Torah or the Rabbanan say that you have some mitzvah to do on a particular day, meaning by daytime, at what point for this purpose does the day begin? The Mishnah states, In Koran, the Megillah, we can't read the Megillah. As stated in Tazriya, Uva Yom Hashmini Yomol Besarla, so on the eighth day of a child's life, shall circumcise his Arla, Velo Tovlin, nor may we immerse a mikvah to purify ourselves of Tumah, in a case where the Torah calls for an immersion on a particular day. For example, if a person contracts Tumas Mace, the Torah says that just to wait for a period of seven days, and on the seventh day, immerse in a mikvah. May we perform the sprinkling of the mechatas, the parduma waters. That is, in the same case where a person contracts Tumas Mace, the Torah says that during that seven-day purification period, on days three and seven, he must be sprinkled with the parduma waters. Also, in the case of this refers to a woman who has a discharge of blood, but not during the normal time that she expects that. So not during the Nida days, but during the Ziva days. Allah is if that doesn't happen repeatedly, you know, three times consecutively, that it brings on a more minor form of a Tumah, and that instead of having to observe a whole seven-day period free of further discharges, she merely has to observe the following day free of any additional discharge, and then she goes to the mikvah uh, that day, so, as far as that immersion, all of the mitzvahs mentioned here on this list, where the Pasik mentions that the mitzvah has to happen during the day, so again, the question is, well, when does the day begin in halacha? None of these should be done at Shetanei Tzachama, until sunrise. However, the Mishnah adds, V'kulan she'osu, Misha'Allah, Amura Shachar, any of the above mitzvahs were performed before sunrise, but after dawn... So when the first you raise the sun appear, kosher, 
the mitzvah would be valid. The person would fulfill his obligation. So in other words, the Mishnah is telling us that really, really the day begins at dawn. With the Rabbanan, realizing that sometimes it could be difficult to discern when exactly that event occurs, said that in practice we should wait until sunrise for doing a mitzvah that has to be done during the day. Yet since on the biblical level, the day really begins at dawn, if the mitzvah was already performed after dawn, but before sunrise, the obligation has been met.